Hello, I'm Will Yeoman and welcome to another episode of the pod Well Travelled, where I'm joined today by travel editor Stephen Scarfield. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Morning. Uh, later on in the show, we've got Penny Thomas reporting not from Bali, not from Singapore, from right here in Perth, about her journeys to those two places. She just arrived back in the country. She's got lots to talk about, particularly on Singapore, as we did focus on Bali a little bit last week. But I know she has got a lot to say about Bali because... Uh, there were a few more days after that interview where she stayed there and um, it's very, very interesting what she's got to say about the, the difference in visitation and how if you love that kind of relaxed, uh, you know, almost solitary vibe, now is the time to go before the crowds start building up. I, I guess you would see that uh, perspective as well, Stephen. Yes. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? It's so quiet up there. One sort of thinks, you think about the 80s or something, you know, 70s when it was, when it was new and just small, um, small settlements there. But <clears throat> Penny is, you know, has been sort of walking through Seminyak and it's it's half empty. Uh, the beaches are empty. Yeah, it's the time to go, isn't it? This is amazing. So, all right, talking about flying, Stephen, you've got some terrific news from Qantas for those of us here in Western Australia. Yes, well, we're, we're pretty excited today because the. We liked the London direct flight with Qantas and we were all pretty sad when it got moved to Darwin, of course, during the COVID. It was due to restart on June 19, but Geoffrey Thomas, um, our aviationist, who's in, who's just in Sydney and been um, covering something else, which we'll talk about in a moment, has just told us this second that the flight has been moved now. So it will restart on May the 23rd rather than June the 19th. Um, due to demand, so that's um, there's very been very few seats on the Darwin service available. So uh, we've got the flight back from May the twenty third on the Dreamliner. Oh, fantastic! And in in other news, they're going to be retired over the next few years, aren't they? On yes. Yeah, so this, this is actually what Jeff's in Sydney for is the um, this sort of major announcement by Qantas this week of the A351000. Fantastic plane. I mean, this is, it's a real game changer because firstly you get range. So for example, they can fly Sydney, London direct, Melbourne, London direct. Um, But also this, these planes carry more passengers. They're super quiet, much more comfortable, um, economy has a well-being area where you can stand and stretch mm. um, and more premium economy. And how's this? I can't even get over this. It uses 40% less fuel That's than incredible. an mm. per passenger. So you've got your range, comfort, space. It's wider. The seats in economy are really quite interesting because we talk about seat pitch and that that basically is a measurement from one point on a seat to the same point on the seat in front or behind. So that's basically, to us, is leg room. Hmm. And it has a 33-inch, which is an 83.82-centimetre seat pitch in economy, which is, you know, I mean, it's two inches longer than two inches, which is four centimetres nearly five centimetres longer than normal. And if you hold five centimetres between your two fingers in front of you and imagine that 
in front of your knee that really helps. It's quite a lot. Um, I mean, some of us are used to taking the magazine out of the <laughs> just to get that extra sort of knee room. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, it's a few millimeters. So um, you know, five centimeters is a lot. The economy seats are three, 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 mm. and will be forty-five point seven centimeters wide, which again is you know that's wider than the seven eight seven economy mm. seat. Mm. So you've got more space range, and this fuel saving, which is down to composites. It's um, as soon as planes move from being made from aluminium from metal alloys of various forms to composites, you get light. Get a huge strength to weight ratio, and also, sort of incidentally, you get less corrosion, so you can put more humidity into a cabin mm. without rotting the plane, sort of thing. So, yeah, but this A three fifty thousand is just an incredible thing. Come from just to wind the clock back, and we covered this extensively at the time in two thousand seventeen. Qantas issued this Project Sunrise challenge to Boeing and Airbus to come up with, you know, planes of the future that could do this sort of ultra-long range. And uh, this is this is Airbus's version of this it. This is the one. Yeah, wow. Okay. And we're looking at, uh, I understand, what, 2026? Yes, we are. I mean, obviously, the, you know, R&D and development of, you can imagine developing the, you know, the, the build for these things is just, mind-blowing isn't it oh um, absolutely mm. so yeah we i mean that's the lead time for it but um very exciting change in, in aviation okay so lots of things happening in the air now back on the ground you and i uh together with our colleagues christine sutherland and moans johansson have just spent a weekend in new Norcia with a whole bunch of our wonderful readers it, and it was quite a success wasn't it how, how good was it mm. i just loved I had such a great weekend. I mean, you know, I know we were supposed to be working, but I had such a great weekend. And I was really taken with the shifts in New Norcia, Will. You know, you... The, the improvements and the, what they're yeah, doing there. It's incredible, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, we did this last year. But hmm. we're, we stayed in St. Gertrude's in renovated rooms there, which were just super, weren't we? Oh, just like a, a hotel, really. It's fantastic. Amazing. But with more... So much character. Hmm. And then... Uh, we showed a lot of our guests to the old convent, the upper and lower old convent, which has been renovated since last year. And once again, the rooms there were were really characterful and really nicely done, I thought. Super touches in there. I love the old kind of kerosene boxes as beds by table. <laughs> yes, I mean, new, yes, new I did notice those. And things like that. Yeah, and a really nice touch. And then, of course, we booked out the hostel, which was the old New Norcia Hotel, was closed and reopened for events and things like this. Um, and we booked the place out. And that, again, they've done so much work there. I mean, it's a local team running and presenting this these events in this building. And, uh, they just did a fantastic job. Oh, yeah, they really uh, did. They really did. Yeah. And a great venue for us, whether, whether people chose to do the photography stream or the writing stream yeah. or just to relax and be led around on tours and enjoy the art gallery and museum and the architecture. It, you know, there was yeah. this, it literally was something for everybody. There was. You know, it's interesting to see people coming together. There was lots of sessions where everyone came together, you know, and meals, of course, and the concert that 
Hugh and I put on with Father Robert Nixon in the Abbey Church. Oh, it was wonderful, day. wasn't it? Just so, such a magical yeah. time. It was fantastic because because he's the resident composer. Mm. So you actually you actually had as well as the writing of photography, you had music written there as well. Which I, really well I mean, just to note that while Father Robert is playing with chords and melody and rhythm and so forth, the elements of music, Abbot John, the Abbot, is mixing cocktails behind the bar in the hostel. <laughs> I, I can't believe the breadth of these guys' creativity. I know. I know. I saw you had a cocktail because I picked up the bill. <laughs> I thought I'd just sneak one in. Well, how could you not? Nice, you know, nicely, nicely done. <laughs> uh, but just to take one step back. Compliments to you because um, just to explain to our audience, um, I, I write a a kind of word piece to be performed in the uh, church in that concert in the evening, mm. and Will plays classical guitar with that piece, and mm. Will on the spur of the moment, picked up some of the motifs from uh, uh, from Robert's pieces. So that was just it was pretty special. Tied the whole thing together. It, it was Very fun, happy. yeah. But but I think I, I wanted to typify that there was the attitude from the photography and the writing as well, people picking up the vibe from the environment and incorporating it in their writing and their photography. You, you nailed it, my friend. Yeah, it was beautiful, wasn't it? But look... Yeah. It is happening again. It is happening again next year, around the same time, so late April-ish. Um, so keep yeah. an eye out. We'll, we'll let you know. Don't you worry we're, about that. We've got dates. And um, just just to mention, I mean, also from Moans Johansson's point of view, with the photography, it was quite interesting that half our guests came with um, smartphones, with phone cameras, mm. dressed with Real cameras, I suppose you'd say. Um, <laughs> well, the gap well, is getting the gap is getting less, smaller, smaller and smaller, cam- isn't it? I don't. Know. I couldn't find another word for it. But, no, but no, Mark, I know what you mean. Uh, but we flew drones. Well, how Moans is flying his drone with the sulfur crested cockatoos. Oh, sunset. fantastic! Pictures are pretty good, aren't they? And you actually, and, for, uh, listeners will be able to see one of those pictures in this Saturday's uh, West Australian travel section as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course, and. Um, he did a very good astrophotography session, a photograph in the night sky, mm. um, inside the chapel, the beautiful painted chapel. He, he did interiors, so real variety in what was being um, offered by, by Moans. And your writing course is just the bee's knees. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Now, look, just to we're talking about this photography, and if people can't wait, if we've whetted your appetite and you can't wait until next year, we have got our Albany tour coming up on which we'll be doing photo walks with phones. So, Stephen, would you like to tell the listeners more about that? Yes, it's very exciting, isn't it? We've got um, we've got a, a long a weekend, well, it's not a long weekend, this is our long weekend, in uh, Albany coming up. And what we've done is arrange it so that guests can just join a luxury coast. We're very happy to be partnering again with Adam's. Um, we, which is Pinnacle Travel, mm. because we, um, we, go, we do our sort of wildflower, annual wildflower gig with them, which is fun. We go out for the day, so we know them very well. We're going down to Albany on July, in, in July 15, 16, 17, and we're going to stay at the Hilton Garden Inn Hotel in Albany. And we're going, as part of the Albany Maritime Festival, present mm. a gala dinner 
Um, at at the Albany yeah. Entertainment Centre, no less. At the Albany Entertainment Centre. Which is yeah, huge. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Costas-Demartis, who does uh, Around the World dinners and Around WA dinners, is coming down for it. He's very excited. He's using local produce. Steve Richter, who's our resident composer and musician who does those dinners with us too, is coming down. No, no, hang on, hang on. What what other what other travel section for a newspaper in in the world has their own resident chef and resident composer? Now come oh, on. Everyone does. Sorry to interrupt, but I thought I'd, I'd make that observation. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Um, so we've yeah, so we've got. Um, a visit to the Anzac Centre. Moans is, I've just put the phone down actually. I've just been talking to Moans, who's on the way down to Albany to firstly do drive notes so that those people coming down with us on the coach kind of have something to take them on the journey through all the mm. places that we through. And then he's going to sort out and get the walk, the photo walk route planned. Oh, of course, yes. We're doing photo walks. So all the people coming with mm. us will do a photo walk with phones, um, which is a you know kind of session to teach them their phones, which I did at the weekend. Yeah, so that's July the 15th, 16th, 17th. Mm. We've kept the costs under control, I think, you know, pretty well. So for just to be really specific, you know, if a couple was going to come and join us and do all of that, and I haven't, I mean, the meal itself has got all the drinks with it and many, many options. Mm. So to do all of that, there's a lunch stop on the coach at Plantagenet. There's a National Anzac Centre. Um, the two nights at the Hilton. The dinner, which is you know, multi, many courses, all drinks included. The photo walk. Blah blah blah. It works out as about thirteen one thousand three hundred seventy per couple. That's so amazing. It, well, it's you know if when you, you do about it. Mm. divide what all all those components are worth, and just nice to get on the coach up here at Crown and you know have a relaxing three days without having to drive. Well, of course, and there will be plenty of spare time for you to explore the rest of Albany and those yeah. lovely, lovely coastal areas as well beyond, just beyond. So. Yeah, we've, I've just been talking with Moans, who's on the way down there, mm. the saying about just we'll scope out some nice local walks that, you know, folk can do when they come and breakfast places. Uh, breakfast is included with, with this, but, um, you know, a bit of 11 days would be nice. Well, exactly. Yeah, we're, mm. we're looking Forward, it's going to be blast. I, I, I wanted to yeah. ask you: Is I, I couldn't remember this, but is the, is the historic whaling station is that included as part of what we do? Is that something else that people can just do by themselves? It, because that's a must what see. It what it is, you can get you get a choice of the Anzac Museum or the Wales. Ah, Wales, right. The whale station, uh, and uh, so you can choose between the two. But I, but I would yeah. actually, I would actually see both. I, I would willingly pay if I yeah. sat on one, pay for the other one because sure. they're, they're both must sees, I reckon. Okay, so all the details are going up on westtravelclub.com.au, mm-hmm. um, and we're we're happy as Larry to be doing all these things. Really excited! I just love taking things to to the region. You know. It's that first kind of really big regional thing. Well, it like is. That. I mean, New Norcia for us for the last three years has been testing the waters. I mean, thinking, well, this is great. Let, let's just push further yep. out. And here we yep. are in Albany. 
So have a look under um, westtravelclub.com.au under event. This is an event, not a tour. Mm. Um, because of the dinner, we've called it an event. It's part of the Albany Maritime Festival. Move. City of Albany have just been fantastic. Louise Patterson there has just been supporting us all the way through and the folk at Hilton. So, and everyone's just kind of really got behind this idea. Um, and a big shout out, Graham Skeg there at Pinnacles. Everyone's just been, they're all friends that we work with so well. I'm very happy that we're uh, pulling this together. Oh, look, it's going to be incredible. Well, Stephen, it's, yeah, look, now, just talking about it, I just cannot wait. Um, well, I'm just, go on. Actually, Will, as I'm yeah. speaking, I'm just in here at the, you know, I think we've sold 34 seats on a 48-seat coach. Okay, so don't dilly-dilly if, you, if you're thinking about it. <laughs> it's, you're watching it live as it's happening. <laughs> it's live. Yeah. So yeah, um, don't don't hesitate uh, because these things tend to sell out fairly quickly. Yeah, jump on that. Okay, westtravelclub.com.au and look under events. It's yep. the third item down. Ah, well there you go. That's that's pretty specific. Cool. Yes, I'm looking at that right now myself. Amazing. Well, thanks, Stephen. Let's go to Bali and Singapore with Penny now. And um, well, for me and you, it's goodbye until next week. Yeah, thanks, Will. Okay, thanks, Stephen. Okay, so we're now welcoming back to the show, as promised, uh, Penny Thomas, whom we spoke to last week while she was still in Bali. Now she's safely back home in Perth. Penny, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks, Will. So I'm very curious to know, uh, firstly, what you got up to in Bali after our phone call last week and then some of the experiences you had in Singapore, which is an equally wonderful place, if, if very, very different. Yeah, so different. But um, yeah, last time I spoke to you, I, I think I just sort of arrived in Bali. I'd been there for one day at that time. So um, later that day, we actually went out and did some exploring, which was really interesting. Mm. And like I said, the last time I had been to Bali was 2019, so pre the pandemic. And obviously, Bali in itself has, has really been sort of disrupted by um what has unfolded over the past couple of years because of the pandemic. So it was really interesting to get out. And um, we just sort of made the decision to check out the popular touristy sort of hotspot from before. So um, we went to Kuta Beach and then um, through Seminyak and then into Canggu, um, which is sort of, I think over the past sort of maybe 10 years or so, Kuta has become like it was the most, popular you lots of people would go there it was always a, a sort of hub of activity mm. um and then Seminyak sort of followed on from there it sort of grew and it and it sort of expanded and then Kanga was probably becoming they sort of become like it's like a domino effect I guess with with tourists um going to visit Bali and and wanting to see what's there so it was super interesting um seeing all three just in one day and sort of comparing and contrasting yeah, what was going on. But um, Cruiser Beach was, I was so shocked because there were barely any tourists around. Um, there are a lot of shops that have shut down during, I guess, the pandemic and, and perhaps they're still waiting for more tourists until they will reopen. But it did look a lot different to how I remembered yes. um, it was in 2019, which is also to be expected. I mean, um, Bali's sort of main business is, is tourism. They really rely on it. So mm -hmm. um, 
it was interesting and a bit of an eye-opener. I did get to speak to some local vendors along the beach and and they're so optimistic and hopeful that things will return and they are so ready for people to return too. <laughs> so it, it's not necessarily like there's nothing going on. There's stuff there. Um, it's just different. It's a bit slower. It's less busy, less crowds, which is also quite nice. But that was um, Tudor Beach. And then we went through Seminyak and there was a few more tourists around, but not many at all, and mm. a few more shops, I would say, um, in Seminyak that, that were still there. There were still some that were shut, and there were sort of, you know, four-leaf signs up in the windows. Um, but I went to Seminyak Beach then just to sort of have a look as well, and that's where you usually see all those colourful bean bags and colourful umbrellas, oh, and, yes, yes, and yes. that was, uh, was nothing really there. Wow. There was only a, maybe a handful of people on the beach, and it was amazing to see how clean the beach looked, <laughs> um, which is, yeah, I think a lot of people have commented in the past that, that Bali, trying to cope with the amount of tourists that it was um, dealing with, before the pandemic, rubbish and litter and stuff like that had become a bit of a, a bit of an issue um, at the same time. So it was interesting to see that the beach was really um, much cleaner than I've ever seen it, <laughs> which is nice as well. And then we went to um, Kangu after that, and that was there's a lot more expats living there. There's lots of Australians live there as well. So I noticed that there were more people zipping around on scooters, and, and there's probably more activity happening in Kangu than there are in the uh, in Seminyak and mm, Kuta, okay. which I found quite interesting because it used to be the reverse, if that sort of makes sense. Kuta was like so jam-packed and so was Seminyak, and then Kangu was a little bit quieter. But now it's sort of done a bit of um, done a bit of a flip, but it's certainly not back to its normal levels. Um, but yeah, there was some new places like we went to this restaurant called Santanera, which is a it's actually opened. During COVID, it opened in November last year. So um, it's a beautiful three-story restaurant, and that was packed with people on the night that we went. So it's really hard to sort of determine it and say, you know, it's not doing well, it's doing well. There's places that are doing well and that, that have sort of weathered the storm, and then um, perhaps some of other institutions might not be there, but there are other ones taking their place. So I think it will take a little bit of time, and the more tourists that get back there, things will things will sort of turn, return to normal yeah. um, or the new normal. But, yeah, it was interesting. And then I also in Bali, I was staying at the Sofitel Nusadur Resort, as I said last time as well. Mm. And then over the following days there, we did a, a really great cooking class, um, which was a lot of fun. So the, the resort was such a different place than outside, if that sort of makes sense. Mm. There was a lot going on within the, the walls of the resort that you could do and there was a temple inside within the resort that we could go and we made offerings um, and we learned a lot more about the culture, I guess, the Balinese culture, which is which is super unique and it's, it's very humbling. Or There's something really beautiful and spiritual about um, the, their culture that I really appreciated and um, enjoyed. But, yeah. Well, that's really interesting, isn't it, that idea that, yes, people that will be going in the near future will find a, a different Bali to what they'd expected, but not, but not unpleasantly so by the sounds of things. It sounds like quite lovely. Yeah, and I mean, the people are so willing to have travellers return, so mm. you can still do everything that you would have done last time. It's just it's quieter. It's actually, it's actually not a bad time to go because yes. you get to see a, a, a different side of Bali almost, like a, a more refined and... and um, drawn back to the version, I guess. But, 
yeah, it's definitely open and, and ready for travellers to return. So that's um, good news. That's really lovely to hear. So, uh, as we also mentioned last week, you were a, a guest of Scoot Airlines. It's a subsidiary of Singapore Airlines, so it's, it's quite natural that you would uh, spend a bit of time in Singapore as well. Um, how did you find it this time around for you? Yeah, Singapore was great. It was um, In comparison to Bali, it, it was a lot different. I felt like there was a lot more tourists around Singapore yes. um, that you could, you could see. We stayed at the Swiss Hotel de Sanford, um, which is a great sort of hotel um, in Singapore. I would love to say it's in the heart of Singapore, but Singapore is like not, as an island, I guess it's not very big. So the heart could be really anywhere <laughs> because you can really get from different places from mm. quite fast, I guess. So it was, um, it was a really nice hotel. It's um, very close to the Raffles as well. So, yes. um, and the Raffles is just a beautiful building. So we went there one night to the um, and had some Singapore slings at, at, the, at the bar there, which was really fun and a great experience. And then that night I went and just had some local um, noodles at a nothing planned. We just sort of roamed the streets that night, which was also a really beautiful thing to do in Singapore in the balmy sort of evening. Mm. Um, and there was one experience that I really did appreciate in Singapore was um, we got to meet up with a local artist called Yu Chong, who he's done a lot of um, murals around Singapore. And um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's not a lot of sort of street art in Singapore. Graffiti is not really uh, – his art is not graffiti, but that type of um, doing stuff like that on the wall, it's, it's not hard to get the – it's quite hard to get the regulations and everything and the approvals to, yes, to okay. do murals right. on property. So – we met up with him and we did a sort of um, a walking tour, which the travellers that do visit Singapore, you can do this all on your own. And he's got a, a, a great little website that you can um, learn about the different artworks and there's locations and maps that you can follow as well. But getting to walk around um, Chinatown with him because he's and learning about, I guess, where he grew up and, and that part of Singapore was super interesting and his artworks are really involved and they've got a lot of detail. Um, so yeah, I really found that that was a great way to, I guess, see a different side of Singapore that is, it's got a lot of history and heritage because of the Chinatown aspect to it, but then it's also got this sort of new age sort of art focus, mm. which is mural. So it, it was a really nice sort of blend and combination that, that we did. Um, and yeah, I definitely would recommend people if they are um, planning on visiting Singapore to, to look up his work. Um, and then we also did a big, big day trip to Sentosa Island, which was an incredible. I, I really enjoyed going over there. It was action packed. There was lots to do. Yes. But um, yeah, it's, it would be great if you had a family and things like that as well, because there's the um, Universal Studios, there's um, the sort of underwater world. I'm trying to think of what the actual, the <laughs> official name is, which is huge. But um, in typical sort of Singapore style, I'm walking through this um, underwater world and thinking, wow, it's so massive, it's so huge. Mm. And then I'm told that they're actually expanding it, so they're going to double the size too, which <laughs> oh is just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, there's lots to come, I guess, in Singapore. They've done a lot of sort of redevelopment over the last couple of years as well. As I, I feel like they're always just one-upping themselves over there for some reason. They're, they're, they're changing the port, they're... They're just so far ahead of the curve, I feel. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed going to Sentosa that day as well. So, so again, it's, there's, um, lot, there's a lot there. There is lots to enjoy in Singapore as well as in Bali. Oh, yeah, so, so if you're sure. doing that kind of uh, trip, 
you get those contrasts, which is what I'm really interested in. So people can look forward to reading um, a lot of your stories from Bali and Singapore in the pages of the West Australian travel section over the yeah. next few weeks. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty to recap. Mm-hmm.